Welcome to Dear So-and-So, a phone call between friends where we offer up advice that no one has asked us for. As always, we'll read some of our favorite advice column questions and give our unsolicited opinions. I'm Alyssa Bloomstein. And I'm Steph Karp. Welcome to Dear So-and-So. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Okay, here it is. Oh, this one's from Ask a Manager, my favorite. Mm-hmm. It starts like this. I work in a healthcare field. After a period where our clinic was without a permanent supervisor, we were notified that a new supervisor had been hired and we would and would be starting in the next month or so, but not given much other information. One day, two coworkers and I were working in a common area and were approached by a woman who struck up a conversation with us. Our clinic has employees who work in and out of the office, and there are always new faces and staff members I don't always know. My coworkers and I asked this woman if she was new, some general questions about what position she had been hired for, and if she had started seeing clients. She gave vague answers, but <laughs> insinuated that she was working in the same program as us. Mm-hmm. The conversation was sort of strange, since she was asking us a lot of questions about ourselves and our experiences working with the company, but I didn't think too much of it. After about 10 or 15 minutes of talking, she introduced herself as our new supervisor. And launched into an explanation of how not revealing who she is when she first meets someone is a tool she likes to use to see if people will tell her things or be more open and honest with her if they don't know her role when they first meet. My coworkers and I were astounded that she was using a strategy that we felt was deceitful and dishonest. Since this first impression, I've had a hard time trusting this person's intentions or feeling comfortable with her in her supervisory role. I keep thinking, is this a normal or acceptable way to start a professional relationship with employees? Am I wrong for now having my guard up in my interactions with her? (laughs) (laughs) Undercover boss. Undercover Um, boss. Oh, yeah. The title is Undercover Boss. Okay. So so in my mind, there's a television show where Uh like bosses do go undercover. It's called Undercover Boss. (laughs) (laughs) I for a minute, I was like, is that a real television show or is that a television show inside a television show? They parody it a lot on SNL, okay, but it yeah. is a real TV show. Yeah. Oh, how does it? Have you watched it? Um, No, I've never watched the real show. Oh, that's probably not true. I think I've watched the real show once, but um, yeah. What anyway. happens in the real show? I don't know. It's stupid. It's like man- they like managers go on the floor of their manufacturing sure. plant. You know? And they like get and close the- with somebody who's like well, having don't a get- hard time making ends meet or something. The thing is, they actually don't get close with anybody. They just fumble around and they're like, oh, this job's hard. <laughs> You know, like, right, right. Um, okay. does it end with everybody getting a raise above minimum wage? I don't think so, but it, okay. honestly, haven't watched this show in a long time. Um, I would be totally outraged if I got undercover bossed. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you can't repair that trust. That's fucked, man. You should tell HR. You should tell their supervisor that this happened. I think yeah. it would outrage. I think it would appall them. Like, it's very not a good way. It's not a good foot to start on. No shit. God. Oh, man. What a move. What a move, dude. I Like, yeah. hoping for gossip? I just, oh, my gosh. Like, what's the attitude? What's the vibe here? It's funny because there is, I think, this thread of, like, management, um, management culture nowadays. Like, there's sort of this, like, you know, a, a real, like... A sort of fake seeing employees as whole people and thinking about like authenticity and like meeting people's like emotional needs at work. Mm-hmm. And this is like a very backwards way to go about like taking a read on that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like someone 
got an MBA, thought about these ideas, and then came to this conclusion. Like, that's hilarious, you know? Like, that they're like, well, I'm going to need to know that stuff and keep my pulse on it. So I guess what I'll do is create a hostile work environment by doing it this way. Um, is hysterical <laughs> that they probably absorbed all the right information, but then what came out of their, like, the output of the function was just was this wrong. garbage. Was yeah. this. It's hilarious. Oh, God. Undercover boss. <laughs> Undercover boss. We can't help you here. You can't trust this person. Ever. As we've said, it's COVID, so I'm not sure if you can quit, and I'm sorry. <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> our, our, we really do encourage people to quit a lot. But only if they can, and we recognize that, like, wow, now is not a great time to quit a job. True. So. Yeah, it's true. Oh, man. All right. Um, all right, here we go. This one's from Anonymous. It's called Minding Manners. It's from Social Cues from mm -hmm. a few years ago. I, I like to dig in the archives. Me too. Yeah. My family hosted some friends and their children for dinner. Mm -hmm. After dessert, the tween daughter returned her spoon to the table, leaned forward, and began licking her plate. <laughs> Sorry. I waited. She's a tween. I waited for her parents to correct her, but they said nothing. I didn't want to embarrass the girl or her parents, but my young children were fascinated. Yeah, yeah. What should I have done? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. This is great. I mean, you could have engaged her, I guess. You know, you could have been like, ooh, really liking it over there, huh? Yeah. That what a compliment. You could yeah. have brought some attention to it that way. Um, I it's like not your job to school someone else's kids on manners especially no. while the parents are there yeah yeah definitely not but it is totally like cool to engage them as though they're a dinner guest like what yeah. would you say to a dinner guest who did that you'd make fun of them relentlessly <laughs> so just go for it I there's nothing I want more than a dinner where I just like eat everything with my hands and put my face right in the bowl yep I'm with you I like it. I sometimes sit on the floor so that I can put the food straight from the plate into my mouth. Like there's like, it's just like, like a you, horizontal you movement. There's no vertical like movement. No, I face. just, I put my, so, oh, I should explain. Matt and I don't have a dining room table. We only mm -hmm. have like coffee tables and stuff. So yeah. when I sit on the floor, the coffee Ooh, table the is like right <laughs> there. And I can, what, back when we used to have like coffee tables with legs, I could put my legs underneath and then my chin would just be right above the coffee table. And then I would just get a spoon and then I would just just a totally like airplane style lateral movement into my mouth because I know what kind of coffee table you have now the fact that you just said when we had coffee tables with legs doesn't <laughs> strike me as weird but for those that don't understand I think they're imagining that you have like a hoverboard coffee table just like hovering kind of, over the it's ground not unlike that because you can see the ground like it is it's sort of like they're not there we have mirrored cubes folks yeah. we have cubes that are mirrored on all sides so that they just reflect our really cool weird vintage carpet all yeah. over the room and uh they kind of disappear into the space but i can't put my feet under them right. um i have to sort of wrap myself around them around and that's, them you have i've to, like, never put tried a mirrored that cube in your crotch, in my crotch basically. yeah and I, I don't think i can get i can, oh i have done it i put it di diagonally yeah <laughs> anyway <laughs> i like this you know what um the you know what's his name galanis the guy who yeah. answers social cues. Um, he yeah, yeah, made Phillip. a very good point. Oh, Philip, right. He made a very good point. And I was like, oh, right. I don't have children yet. I don't understand this stuff. He was like, oh, definitely that kid was trying to get a rise out of her parents. And her parents were doing the correct thing <gasps> by just completely ignoring her. Oh, my God. Fantastic. I know. Right? And I was like, the parents oh, were duh. Like, we're definitely not. We're doing definitely not engaging. Now. Nope. Yep. Nope. Not engaging. And that, yep. what great parenting. That's definitely the way. 
Yeah. You can tell your children later that that's not accepted. You can be like, that was pretty wild what just happened. And if <laughs> yeah. you do that, I'm not going to accept I'm not going to accept that behavior from you, but yeah. we're not going to do much about it. And and also another time when your kids can learn that like different households have different rules and stuff like that. Like yeah. people live differently and it's okay. Exactly. It's great. Contrast is good. Contrast is, it helps learn Precisely. stuff. Precisely. We cannot stay here. Venture down the edge. I'll take the iron. And I said, leave me. We cannot stay All right. And know you have one for me. Obviously, it's a Dear Mary where yeah. I get where I take all of my advice from. You got it. Honestly, our advice for that for that call in should have <laughs> about the meditating mom. Uh-huh. Should have been the Dear Mary ask. No, just to listen to start reading Dear Mary's. I think it shifts your life completely. You're feeling unheard. You're feeling like dismissed. Oh, God. Yeah. Wait till you read Here's a fucking a new... Dear Mary. Yeah, you need to reset your um <laughs> yeah. Yeah, expectations. Your... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Your set points. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Holy the bar set the bar in a different I wouldn't even say low. Just like set the bar put the bar just in Just put the bar country. in another room. Yeah. <laughs> put it somewhere else. Put the, oh, bar put the bar elsewhere. in another and, country. And dear Mary does that. This is from A.S. in Petersfield Pants. A.S. writes, uh-huh. what is a witty or appropriate remark if you see someone looking over your shoulder at a party? I don't think these people realize how noticeable it is. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do when you're talking to somebody and it's clear they're bored out of their mind by you? You pick a spot on the wall behind them and you start telling them the most important thing that has ever happened in your life and then when you when you're you reach your conclusion you say oh my god i've never told anybody that before and when you see the the like light click behind their eyes like that they're sort of back with you you just go oh my god i just i would never tell anyone that thank you so much for listening wow there were so many famous people in that story i'd be mortified if you told anyone Perfect. But it was the most important thing that's ever happened. Thanks Maybe for to anybody. This with me, yeah, exactly. All right, yeah. beautiful. That is what you do. Glad yeah. that was easy and concise. Okay, read me something from sure. the vaults. I found something from social cues. Perfect. Deep in the social cues, and it's si- another simple and elegant. One. Okay, who's it signed? Jennifer in New York City. Perfect. Jennifer writes. What is the most appropriate way to remove, quote, sleep dust from your eyes when in front of people? Signed, Jennifer, in New York City. I've never referred to it as sleep Eye crusties as sleep dust? Yeah, no. Here's a really weird thing. I've always referred to it as sleep. Yeah, sleep. I've, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah, yeah. so strange to say. I have so sleep strange. in my eyes? Yeah, wipe the sleep from your eyes. What is, what is it in other languages? I don't know. We should ask around. Oh, yeah. Dear listeners, you'll tell Dear so-and-so. listeners, hey, bilingual so and so's. What's that junk in your eye called I when you wake up in the morning? Every morning, Lemon comes over to my bedside. When, when, when I start to move, Lemon wakes up. She uh-huh. comes over to my bedside. I wipe the sleep dust out of her <laughs> eye cracks. And then I. And because then she, she wants licks, you to? Because she wants me. She wants to lick it off my fingers. 
I'm sorry, listeners, if that was graphic, but it's just a fact. And other dog owners will know that, like, nothing is, there's no sweeter nectar in your dog <laughs> than their own eye crusty. This makes me really upset that a little while back I found a question which I then lost. Like, I didn't mm. save it immediately. But oh, the no. question was, how do you tell, how do you show someone that they have something on their face without uh-huh. saying it? If they have something on their left cheek, do you, like, do you mirror them? By touching, oh, I'm I mirror them, yeah, I mirror them, but and then it was I say this contentious fight between spouses where one oh person God. was like, You mirror, and the other person was like, No, you no, touch you your left place, cheek. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can see that because it's true, I never know if it's right, but I do tend to mirror, um, I mirror. Yeah. You I mean, always that's what makes mirror. The most sense. Yeah, because other people mirror. That's like how your neurons work. They mirror. Right? But yeah. this this spouse was certain that you don't mirror. That you're well, like, you touch your right side to make them touch their right side. I don't think if you're so. A, if you're a logical, a logical brained person, that makes a lot of sense. It's more precise for sure. You know, you're just like the place that I'm touching on my face touch is the that place, place on where your you face. should touch on your face. Yeah. Okay. That, I mean, like logically, that makes sense. That's what our brains want to be done for us. So that doesn't actually answer what is the most appropriate way to remove sleep dust from your eyes when in front of people. You um, ask someone, you ask someone close to you to wipe it from your eyes. And And then you eat it off their hands like a dog. (laughs) Making me gag. I think with a tissue. Sure, with a tissue. Great. I also think you can just actually do it with your finger. It's fine. Me too. Just don't eat it afterwards like a dog. Just don't eat it like a what dog. What do you do with you it? Be do you flick it on the ground? Flick it. You flick yeah. it. Well, if you're on the subway, you flick it. And if you're <laughs> with like people that kind of can see what you're doing, maybe you wipe it on your pants. I don't know. Yeah. Put it in a pocket. <laughs> but I think if you must remove sleep dust and you're worried about how this will, if you must, mm-hmm. which I, I must, I can't stand it being in my eyes. No, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. If, if you must... And you feel uncomfortable. I guess the most polite way to do it is to, to take a tissue. It's so much more conspicuous, though. If you're like, one moment, please. And then you go get a tissue. And then your hand, you know, you're like, it's a it's a tissue. People can see what you're doing. It really yeah, does draw attention to it. For sure. But I think that that is the politest way. Because mm-hmm. a tissue is is like the idea. Sanitary. Yeah, yeah it's sanitary. Like, it's like why you would wipe your nose on a tissue. And fine. Yeah. Good golly. Get a tissue. Bring a handkerchief with you. Yeah, just do it. I'm sorry my face is covered with you. I'm sorry I left you taste. Let me wipe my mouth. Let me wipe my mouth. You have one unheard message. Hey, Alyssa and Steph. Uh, This is Alyssa's friend. I am the one who... Alyssa and her other friend had gone to links on Reddit to get me a recipe from the bakery that I really enjoyed growing up. So felt a little guilty that I had never followed up after all the work that they had put in. Finally went on LinkedIn, found the woman who was the pastry chef. And after she was initially a little bit freaked out, she did agree to give me the recipe for my sisters and I childhood birthday cake. Hopefully, uh, COVID will allow all of us to be together around Easter this year, so I will make that recipe for them and uh, live a little bit of our childhood memories. Anyways, thanks so much for the show, Alyssa. Thanks for combing through Reddit for me, and I love the show. Thanks. End of messages.
Let me read you one that I like. I would say I deeply like this one. Like Good. I was surprised to read it and feel so <gasps> like I, I just yeah, it touched me. Great. Okay. Yeah. Please read. It's from Miss Manners. Uh-huh. I like it so much. It doesn't like resonate with me in any way. Like I don't like it because <laughs> it's a problem that I have. I like it because it's such an interesting question. Oh, um, great. I'll just read it. No, okay. nothing, nothing more to say. Okay. Dear Miss Manners, my husband and I decided about 20 years ago that we would always send a written thank you note through the mail with a stamp to anyone cool. who invited us to their home. I would say that puts us in the minority these days, but mm-hmm. hosts seem delighted to receive notes in the mail. Sure. But when the original invitation is sent to a set of email addresses, we often mm-hmm. find that after the event, most other guests use reply all use the reply all function to thank the host. Mm-hmm. We are then uncertain about whether we should also join in the email chain of thanks, <laughs> knowing that we've already sent a note to the host through mail. Yeah, totally. If we fail to join in on the email thanks, does it seem to other guests that we didn't impre- that we didn't appreciate the invitation? But then, why are we sending both a note by mail and an email thank you? I love this. I think what they're saying I love is it so much. It's really good. I think what they're saying is I'm not gonna join the email chain. Am I the asshole? Like, yes. and I think, and I think, because it sounds like they just are like, what? I want to keep sending the notes because they're great and I and they delight people and they're mm-hmm. unexpected. I do not see then why I need to reply all, but I'm worried mm-hmm. people will think I'm an asshole. Am I yes. the asshole? I think that the idea of showing some sort of like gratitude and respect for the host on a public scale is so fucked up yeah <laughs> like, it is a little I think exhausting this is yeah the most fucked up thing like do other people know that i am grateful that i was invited to this event i need to make it very public that i also express gratitude for being invited to a large social social gathering yeah. i also am a little upset that i'm like not even sure well, I guess in this case, I'm like, this host should have BCC'd everybody. I don't right. want like, to be on a chain. But shit. I do understand times when you don't BCC because well, it's like maybe they're discussing what can be brought to the event. Right, right. Or, and like need to contact like, for rides or whatever. Yes, exactly. I, like there are plenty of times. But uh, <laughs> the idea of this is just so funny to me. Okay, well, hold on. Because I one thing that does happen to me a lot, and like people I think in our generation, is that you'll have an email after getting together with a group of friends just to be like, it's so nice to see all of you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no, like I've sort never of like, that. oh, I definitely <laughs> have exchanged some of those. Where it's just like, God, I love this group of people so much. Like, you make me so happy. Thank you. Like, I'm really glad we could do that yesterday. If sure. that's what's happening, then like, respond if you feel unkind, but don't respond if that feels like BS to you. Um, yeah, I guess if 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 this email invite has. Uh, moved away from just like just about the event Thanking to a little the, bit more yeah. of like you're saying like it was amazing to Friendship meet you stuff, hi yeah. here's my email I'd love to stay in contact with mm-hmm. some of you like that's great. that's cool that's that's what yeah. like email and texts and all of these sort of platforms are wonderful for but it yeah. sounds like this is just a place where everybody is replying all to thank performatively the it's a performance it's a yeah it's a performance and like people are trying to like do or outdo each other yeah in like the multitude the, please the, like, continue to outdo your fellow 
guest invitees by sending a handwritten mail note. Like, you yeah, are you know what's outdoing- really cool is when you outdo them, but they don't even know it. That is exactly. actually super fucking cool. Yeah, yeah that is makes when you, you a have cool a like personal tradition and a belief in this sort of manners, and yeah. you just continue to do it regardless of if you are getting any uh, praise or applause for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because save the USPS. Yeah, totally. We we need it. People need it yeah. to survive. Okay, you know what I don't love is, I mean, I it's fine. It's very sweet when it happens to you, but there's this trend now of like, you'll make a bunch of stories about your friend for uh-huh. their birthday. And that, uh, I know it's an like act it. of love, but it just, it bums me out. And it's so weird in public. Interesting. I will occasionally do that. Yeah. Um, it's got to be so nice to receive one of those. I mean, it's really like, what a... What a wonderful, cool thing. Um, what do you not like? I'm curious. Like, all of this I have uber mixed feelings on and also a lack of care. Oh, I think you know what I mean? The, I think it's the same feeling of just, like, why does this have to be so public? Like, you mm. definitely have outdone all of their other friends. Like, sure. are you saying you're their closest friend? Like, what is this yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, that. it's all right. that the stuff. Performance, it's the exact same stuff. The yeah. performance of it. I guess on yeah. the flip side, the feeling is... Like for a friend who sees that is is that it is nice to be publicly acknowledged, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah. And so that oh, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I don't know. It's it's interesting that some things press my buttons and some don't. And why Instagram is the one that does? I don't. Know I why. think I fully understand that pressing one's buttons. I have very mixed feelings on it, but I also like a public. I, I, I like a public display yeah, so of sweet. love for somebody, yeah. which is weddings. <laughs> I'm like, I guess, yeah, I like pe- pu- people publicly announcing their, their love for people. And there aren't enough ways to do that for your friends. Like yeah. people do it at weddings for their spouses oh, yeah. but they're like there aren't enough like public ways to sort of like oh. acknowledge this friend is awesome or toasts I mean toasts at weddings the yes. best part yeah 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 yeah, yeah. exactly exactly so yeah. I guess I sort of like it for that reason yeah it's a toast I like that that's nice oh. that, that changes it for me that's right nice. an Instagram story birthday wish is just a toast to your bestie it's just a toast to your bestie okay that's cool. yeah just a really public and foolish online toast to your bestie. I can get into it. <laughs> okay, what do you got for me? I have a Dear E. Jean from Elle magazine. Okay, wonderful. For you. Um, okay, thanks. It's Brith. Keep it Brith. I'm a teacher, unmotivated, mm-hmm. unhappy, and lost in a sea of standardized tests. I can't yeah. help dreaming of a new career involving my creativity and passion. But at 30, am I too old to start over? No. Nope. Do we need to elaborate? uh, I'll just elaborate by saying this. I really hope you find a job where you can use your creativity and passion. I doubt you'll find a job where you'll be able to use your creativity and passion. But I do think you deserve to be paid more. And I don't think that you should um, stay in this job if you don't want to. Yeah, you. I agree. You may not find a job where you're able to use your creativity and passion in the way that you like. You also may find that jobs that involve your creativity and passion also involve a lot of other really tedious garbage shit. All That's jobs are jobs. Yeah, all jobs but are jobs. But you are never, never too old to, to pursue start over. a different career. Never. And I also think that you can't... You, 
also have this wonderful like well let me start over i also think if that there are many people who no how do i say this (laughs) i don't know you're gonna offend somebody so just spit it out you can go back to teaching people leave teaching because they're burnt out on teaching and return to education oh so true yeah if i know people who have left worked in the restaurant industry gone back yeah you know people leave and return you don't have to we're not saying you're going to but we're just saying like feel free i just think it's rad that you cord exactly that you have this set of skills and presumably a master's in something and you're gonna go try to do something else yeah rock on rock on i think we should normalize changes in careers and i think that if you search for it you'll find a lot of uh literature and articles and like great books to inspire you i think sometimes when you feel as if a thing you're doing is sort of like bucking the norm it could be exciting to like find all these other rad people out there who are like quote unquote bucking norms (laughs) even though like what is this norm a norm of like picking a job at 18 and like doing it for the rest of your life like what the hell yeah that's yeah that's That's absurd what a weird what a weird norm uh, i think the norm best way to buck all these norms is to uh, nationalize healthcare and expand mm-hmm. the safety net because then people really can make career changes like look unless you're yep. supported by someone it's really hard yes, to make a long true. drawn out career change um right. but i'm not it saying feels- this person should go do that i'm just saying right. like man maybe we would have a culture that would be what is right. less maybe obsessed the norm with would these- be yeah a little yeah. bit different were were you not to be terrified about losing your insurance because you have crones or whatever and yeah. you'll die if you don't keep your job yeah yeah exactly what, yeah. An, what an insane what an insane yeah yeah thing to think but about. maybe your creativity and passion would be unleashed yeah if we had national maybe so much creativity and passion would be unleashed if we had nationalized healthcare. yeah so cool can't wait to or see else, all that creativity like, and passion unleashed me too i also don't want to get too held up on the creativity and passion yeah part, right no totally because that <laughs> no. that is awesome but like also just normalize being like i was a teacher but i think now i might want to get into marketing <laughs> it's exactly. fine it's fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think i'd like to shift and do this i think i'd like to work for a hospital startup yeah. because i'll get exactly. paid a lot <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Get paid a lot for very few skills. Yeah. It's also okay to just sort of shift jobs to something else that uh, interests you, regardless of if it sparks creativity and passion in you. Uh, I'm going to go check out that temp agency down the street, but not because I want to temp, because I want to work for the temp agency. For the temp agency. Yeah. (laughs) And we haven't touched on the like the a big thing here. What's the big thing? I'm so sorry that teaching has been ruined by the sea of standardized testing. Like, I don't want to brush over that that may be that we've a ruined huge education. Part, yeah. yeah, about why this teacher feels that cre- yeah. their creativity and passion is being stymied. Right, because as I was saying that at the nothing less creative than standardized tests. No, but there's also possibly nothing more creative or passionate than teaching, and so that's why right. I was like, when you say you can't wait to find another job where you use your creativity and passion, I was like, oh, I don't think you will because you're in the job for that. We've just ruined it for you. We've ruined it. So sorry, sorry. We ruined it by paying you nothing. Yeah, and by and forcing you to, to, to test teach to a constantly. test. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. sorry. Ugh. Sorry. Rough. I'm also sorry that people have made you feel that at 30, you're over the hill and you can't learn 30. anything new. 30. 30. Ugh. It's okay, bud. 
But, you know, 30, 40, 50, you want to start something creative, rock and roll. Follow your creativity and passion. I hope it brings you money. If it doesn't, I hope you find something else that just like brings you a little more joy. Thanks for listening this week, folks. It's been fun to have you around. You can find us online at dearsoandso.pizza, where you can see new episodes every Tuesday, as well as submit your own questions. Please submit we, them. We love we love a listener question. We want them. You can also submit your questions to our voice mailbox, daddog5078, D-A-D-D-O-G 5078, or find us at our Instagram at dearsoandsopodcast. Our theme music is by Busy Hemphill. As always, I'm Alyssa Bloomstein. And I'm Steph Karp. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.